Shalom to all. Today's daf is Sukkot Daf Mem Aleph. We are starting three lines from the top, the fourth word on the line. And today's daf is sponsored. Lo'ili Nishmas, Maris Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Moshe. Her neshama should have an aliyah. Now yesterday we learned of machlex between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Lazar holds that the kedusha of Perishvias can only be imbued by way of mekach purchase. If you buy Perishvias with money, the money becomes kadosh. Or if you use Perishvias to buy something else, that item becomes imbued with kedusha. However, not by way of chilul verbally stating that this kedusha should go on to this. However, Rabbi Yechanan says that even by way of Chilol. And now the Gemara says, Amravashi, Machlek is the whole Machlek between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yechanan is the Pre-Rishan. When we're talking about the first Pre, meaning when you have that original fruit and now you want to transfer its Kedusha onto either money or onto a different item. Avob Pre-Shani, when we're talking about the second Pre, meaning when we're talking about the money, once it already had Kedusha transferred onto it from the original fruit, everyone agrees that that Kedusha can be transferred off of the money or of the fruit that it was transferred onto by way of Chilol. You can just simply state this Kedusha is transferred onto something else and it does not have to be by way of Mekach. But now the Gemara asks on Ravashi, that doesn't make sense because of Hadikton. Yesterday we learned in a Brisa as a Raif Rebbe Lazar, Lakach Lakach, and that Brisa kept on saying if he bought this with that and that with this. What's that talking about? The Brisa had told us he used Perishvias to buy meat and then he used meat to buy fish. He used that fish to buy wine and then oil. And we kept on saying that as he was purchasing these different items, the Kedusha was getting transferred from one to another. So we see the only way the Kedusha can get transferred even by pre Shani is by purchasing it and not by regular way of Chilol. The Gemara answers no problem. I did a ton of since the first part of that Brisa had said Lokach that he used Perishvias to buy meat and over there for sure the only way the Kedusha could be transferred is if it was by way of Mekach Tananami Sefer that's why all the subsequent cases said Lokach that he purchased it but it could very well be that he just transferred his Kedusha and it wasn't by way of purchase but now Esfei Yervina Laravashi Yervina asked Ravashi the following question so a person has a seller he has a coin of Shvias money and he wants to buy a garment with it and we know that you're not allowed to buy a garment with Shvias money you're only allowed to buy food and drink so Kate said yeah so what's he able to do he should go to the storekeeper, a person who's his friend, a person he usually frequents this person's store, in Eretz Yisrael we call it the Makolet. But Imerlani tells the storekeeper, give me Paris for this sella, for this money that I have. Vinaisenlein, the storekeeper gives it to him, meaning this is a purchase. He's buying fruit. This fruit does not have Kedusha Shviyas. And when he makes his purchase, he transfers the Kedusha of the money onto the fruit. And then he tells the storekeeper, you know what? Here's your fruit back and it is a present. It is yours. And then the storekeeper tells him, Why don't you take this sella as a present? This sella now does not have Kedusha, and the fruit does have Kedusha. And now this person could buy whatever he wants with this sella because it does not have Kedusha anymore. And now here's the question, over here in this case, the pre who this money is considered pre-shaini, nonetheless, the Brisa said, The only way he was able to get the Kedusha off of the money is by way of Mekach. He had to purchase that fruit. He wasn't able to do it by way of Chil. He wasn't able to just take regular fruit that he has at home and say the Kedusha of this money is transferred onto this fruit. So clearly they argue in pre-Risha not in pre-Shani. So Elam Ravashi, so Ravashi says you're right. Machlech is pre-Shani. The whole Machlech is Rebbe Lezer and is by pre-Shani when we have money that has Kedusha Shviyas. Avol pre-Risha and when we're talking about the original fruit that has Kedusha Shviyas, everyone agrees the only way that Kedusha can be placed onto something else is by way of purchase, but not by way of Chilol. But now the Gemara continues asking we had learned yesterday in Ebrais as a proof for Rabbi with Shvias or Maeser Sheni, that's able to be transferred by way of Mekach and by way of Chilol. And over there, it seems to be that we're talking about the original fruit. So we can transfer the Kedusha or we can imbue the Kedusha from the original fruit even by way of transferring by way of Chilol and not by way of Mekach. So the Gemara says, no, my Shvias, when the Brasis says over there Shvias, it's talking about Deme Shvias, money of Shvias, which is actually pre Sheni, not pre Rishain. If you're not going to say that, Maeser, when it says Maeser in that Brasa, Maeser Mamish, do you want to say it's actually talking about Maeser? And that Brasa was talking 
talking about that you're allowed to buy animals with Meister Shani. So does it really mean that you're allowed to buy animals with Meister Shani fruit? Vaksiv, but it says in the Pasuk, And what do we learn from there? That you're only allowed to use Meister Shani money to purchase other things. You're not allowed to use Meister Shani itself. So even if you have a whole bushel full of apples of Meister Shani, you're not allowed to use those to purchase animals. You have to first deconsecrate that onto money and then take that money and purchase animals. So Ella, it must be that what's that brass talking about? Demay Meister. They were using money of Meister, which is considered pre-Shani, Hachanami. So to over here, Demay Shviyas, that brass is also talking about that you're using money of Shviyas, which is considered pre-Shani. So the whole machlik is between Rabbi Laz and Rabbi Yechen is only by pre-Shani. However, by pre-Rishain, everyone agrees the only way that Kedusha can be placed onto something else is by way of Mekach and not by way of Chilo. And now the Mishnah tells us Barishain originally meaning in the times of the base of Mikdash. Hayu Lulav Nito Mikdash Shiva. Lulav was shaken in the base of Mikdash for all seven days of Sukkot of Medina and outside the base of Mikdash, even in Yerushalayim, Yom Echad was only shaken for one day. That's because the Pasuk tells us, Usmachtem Fnei Hashem Lekechem Shivas Yomim. You shall rejoice in front of Hashem your God for seven days. In front of Hashem your God means only in the base of Mikdash, but outside the base of Mikdash, then the rejoicing is only one day and not seven days. However, Mishachar Beis HaMikdash, once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Hiskin Rabbi Yechim and Zakeh, Rabbi Yechim and Zakeh made a takana shi'a lulav nitol b'mdina shiva, that lulav should be shaken all seven days outside the Beis HaMikdash, zeichel l'mikdash, as a remembrance for what we used to do in the Beis HaMikdash. And Rabbi Yechim and Zakeh was also masakin v'shihei yoyim anef kuli asur, the entire yoyim anef, the entire day that the carbon oimer is to be brought. This is talking about after the Beis HaMikdash, it's called the yoyim hanef, so that entire day is asur to eat the new grain, and we're going to discuss this at length in the Gemara. But now the Gemara asks Minalant Avdin and Zeichel Mikdash, how do we know that we're supposed to do something Zeichel Lemikdash? Who says that we're supposed to do something as a remembrance of the Beis HaMikdash? Um, Rabbi Yechini says, the Amr the Pasuk tells us, Ki ala ruchalach, I'm going to make a cure for you. And from your wounds, I'm going to heal you, says Hashem. Ki nidacha karulach, because they called you, meaning the nations called you nidacha, the one that was cast out, the one that was pushed away. Tzion he, she is Tzion, Dairish ein la, no one seeks her out. That's what the nations say about us. So what do we learn from here? Dairish ein la, if they say about us that no one seeks Tzion out, Mechlal, that teaches us, the Baidrisha, that we do have to seek out Tzion, which means we should do things that are Zeichel And the Mishnah said, V'shiyei Yoyim Hanef, Rabbi Yechem Zakeh was Mesakein, that Yoyim Hanef is Kulei Aser. So let's focus. This is referring to the second day of Pesach, the 16th of Nisan, when the carbon Eimer is brought. It's called Yoyim Hanef, the day of waving, because the Pasuk says, Uv'yoyim Hanifchem Es HaOimer. Now we know that new grain is permitted to be eaten only once the 16th of Nisan comes. However, there's a Pasuk with two contradictory statements of when exactly the new grain is allowed to be eaten. The Pasuk tells us, you're only allowed to eat it ad So ad etam implies it's permitted to be eaten bright and early in the morning because ad means until the day. And once it becomes day with the first rays of light, the new grain is permitted. However, the second part of the Pasuk tells us ad And that seems to be teaching that the new grain is permitted only once the Eimer is brought, which is later on in the day. So the Gemara Benachas explains that the first statement is referring to when there's no Beis HaMikdash and therefore it could be eaten already from the morning. The other statement is referring to when we have the Beis HaMikdash, then new grain is not allowed to be eaten until the Eimer is brought. However, B'yechem and Zaka was misakin that even though after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, technically we're allowed to eat it right away in the beginning of the day. We're allowed to have this new grain in the beginning of the day. Nonetheless, new grain is usher the entire 16th and only much of the next day. So now the Gemara asks, my time, why was Rabbi Yechem and Zaka misakin that the entire day of the 16th is usher to eat new grain, even though midday rasa, you're really allowed to eat it from the beginning of the day? So the Gemara answers that he was thinking about the following, Meheri Yibana Beis HaMikdash, the Beis HaMikdash is going to be rebuilt very quickly. The Yimru, and then people are going to say, Ishtaked last year, Mi 
Didn't we eat the new grain already from the first rays of light of the 16th? Now also, even when the base of Mekdish is already rebuilt, so we're going to eat it also early in the morning. But they're not going to know. They stacked that last year, the have a base of Mekdish, or wasn't base of Mekdish, so the moment the first rays of light came up over the horizon on the 16th, it's already permitted to eat the new grain. But now there's a base of Mekdish. The only way to be allowed to eat new grain is only by bringing of the Eimer, not early in the morning. So therefore, to prevent this, Rabbi Yechon Zakai said, the entire 16th is Usr. But now the Gemara asks the Ivni Amos, when is it the Beis HaMikdash is going to be built that we're going to have this concern? Ilim at the Ivni B'Shitzar, if you're going to say that it's going to be completed being built on the 16th itself, Hari Hitter Hera Mizrach, that means that already the 16th in the morning, it was not completed yet, and that means the 16th in the morning, you're already allowed to eat, so there's no concern over there. Ela the Ivni B'Chamesar, the Gemara suggests, okay, that means that the Beis HaMikdash is going to be rebuilt on the 15th. So if so, it should at least be permitted to eat new grain from Chatzos and onwards. Rabbi Yechem and Zake didn't have to be Masakin that you're not allowed to eat the entire day of the 16th. At least from Chatzos and on, you should be allowed to. Why is that? Because we have a mission that says, people that live far from Yerushalayim and they don't know when the Omer was brought, they're allowed to eat their new grain already from Chatzos and onwards. That's because Bezlin, which is the ones that are dealing with the Omer, they're not lazy and they bring it already early in the morning. So therefore, even in the scenario that the Beis Amitish is going to be rebuilt on the 15th, we can already assume that early morning in the 16th that they already brought the Eimer, and therefore Rabbi Yechem and Zakai shouldn't have to be Masakin the entire 16th is Asr, it should at maximum be Asr up until Chatzais, but from Chatzais and on it should be Mutter. So the Gemara answers, the whole necessity for Rabbi Yechem and Zakai's Takana that it's Asr the entire 16th to eat is the Ivni Belayla, let's say the Beis Amitish is going to be rebuilt at nighttime, Inami Samach Shkiyas Achama, or right before Shkiyas Achama, and there we're going to have this concern. What's the concern? Because the Eimer is actually very complicated. You have to cut it down, you have to dry it out, you have to thresh it and winnow it, and then you have to grind it and sift it. So it's a whole process, and they're not going to have enough time to do that by chatzais the next day, because they're only going to be able to cut it at nighttime, and then it's going to take much longer than chatzais the next day, and that's why Rechem and Zakai said that you're not allowed to eat the entire day the 16th for this situation might arise. And now a completely different answer. Rav Nachum Yitzchak Amr, he says, Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, Rabbi Huda Amra. Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, he was saying the same thing that Shitas Rabbi Huda is. Now Rabbi Huda came a number of generations after Rabbi Yechem and Zakai. We're just saying that they had the same exact shita. The Amr Abihuda says, Minatira who usur, that actually Minatira, it's usur to eat the new grain the entire 16th after the destruction of the Besamekdash. The exact opposite of our original Joshua. Our original Joshua was the entire 16th Minatira, it's mutter to eat from the morning, and Rabbi Yechem Zaka was Masakin that you're not allowed to. However, over here, Rabbi Huda is saying, and we're saying that now Rabbi Yechem Zaka actually holds that you're not allowed to eat the entire 16th Minatira. Why is that? Because it says in the Pasuk, Mem on Bez on top, Ad and that teaches us Ad until the very etzem of the day, the kasavar, and he holds ad ad bichlal. Now, what does that mean? The pasuk says ad until this very day. Now, the word etzem is referring to the whole day. So, the pasuk is teaching that one may not eat grain ad the day. And since he holds ad ad bichlal up until and including the day, that means the new grain is usher the entire day. And that's why Rabbi Yechem Zaka says you're not allowed to eat the entire day because actually midday rice so you're not allowed to eat it the entire day. Now, the gemara asks, Kavase, Rabbi Yechem Ben Zaka and Rabbi Yehuda actually hold alike? They argue with each other. They now we have a Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Mishachar Besamekdash, from when the Besamekdash was destroyed, Hiskin Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, Rabbi Yechem Zakai was Mesakin, Shehei Yoimanef Kule Asr, then the entire day of the 16th is Asr, and Amr Loi Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda told him, Volaiminatiru Asr, it's Asr Minatiru, the Chsivit says, Ad etama Yoimazeh, Ad etsuma shal Yoim. So clearly Rabbi Huda and Rabbi and Zakai don't agree. Rabbi Yechem and Zakai seems to say that it's a Takana, and Rabbi Huda says it's actually Midai Raisa, not a Takana. So Gemara says, No, Rabbi Huda, Huda Katai. Rabbi Huda was actually mistaken what Rabbi Yechem Zakai was saying, who suffered Midrabanan Kamar? He thought that Rabbi Yechem and Zaka was saying that it's only Asr Midrabanan. And that's not so. That's
that's not what Rabbi Yechimzaka was saying. Midai Raisa Kamar, he was saying that's actually Asr Midai Raisa. The Gemara asks, Vaha Hiskin Kamar, the Mishnah says that he was Mesakin. Clearly, that means that it was actually Takana Darabanan and it's not Asr Midai Raisa. The Gemara says, No, my Hiskin, what does that mean he was Mesakin? Darash Vahiskin. He darshan the Pasuk that it's Asr the entire day, and therefore he had to be Mesakin that it's Asr to eat the entire day. Up until then, it was Asr only up until Chatzois, but from then on, he had to be Mesakin. It's not only Asr until Chatzois, it's Asr the entire day. And that's why we use this Lashon of Mesakin, but according to this understanding, Rabbi Yechem and Zakai actually understand the Midar Raisa, it's Asr the entire day. And the Mishnah tells us, Yat Vrishin Shachak Shachalias B'Shabbos, if the first day of Sukkot fell out on Shabbos, Kol Amar Lichon Slovim Lebesak Nesas, before Shabbos, everyone brings their Lovim to Shol, and Lemachras, the next day, Shabbos in the morning, Mashkimin, they wake up early in the morning, Ubanin, they come to Shol, Kol Echad Vechad Makras Shaloi, everyone recognizes his own Lulav, Vinaitaloi, and then he takes his own Lulav. The reason why they have to recognize their own Lulav is because the Chachamim said, a person's not Yotzei the first day of Sukkot with his friend's Lulav. He has to use his own Lulav. Now, the rest of Sukkot, a person is able to be Yotzei with his friend's Lulav. Now, Rabbi Yisrael, he tells us, if the first day of Sukkot fell out on Shabbos, and he forgot, and he brought his Lulav out to Rishos Rabbim, he's Potter from bringing a carbon because he brought it out Bereshos. Over here, Bereshos does not mean that he was allowed to bring it out. That means, since he had Rishos to do the mitzvah, and he was tarred, he was focused on doing the mitzvah, and he was a shaygig, he forgot that he wasn't allowed to bring it out, so he's going to be putter for that shaygig, and he's not going to have to bring a carbon for that type of shaygig. But now the Gemara asks Minani Mili, how do we know that you're not allowed to use your friend's lulav the first day of Sukkot? The Tanar we have a brisa. the Pasuk tells us, and you shall take, this teaches us that every single person has to shake the lulav on the first day of Yantif. Lachem, the Pasuk says it should be yours, Mishel Lachem, it has to be yours. This excludes a bar lulav and a stone lulav, a person is not going to be Yotzei the first day of Sukkot with his friend's Lulav. Unless he gave it to him as a present. Once he gives it to him as a present, then that's considered his, and it's not considered his friend's. And Umaisa, it was actually a story. They were on a ship. And Ramagamliel was the only one that had a Lulav. He bought it for a thousand Zos. Ramagamliel took it, and he was Yotzei. And then he gave it to Rabbi Shua. Matana as a present. Natalia Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua took it, Vyatzabai, and he was Yaita, Vinusani Rebelazar Benazari, Matana, he gave it to Rebelazar Benazari as a present. Natalia Rebelazar Benazari, Vyatzabai, and he was Yaita with it, Vinusani Matana Rabbi Kiva, and he gave it to Rabbi Kiva as a present. Natalia Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva shook the Lulav Vyatzabai, and he was Yaita with it, Vizir Ramagamliel, and he gave it back to Ramagamliel. So we see over here that if you give it as a present to someone else on the first day of Sukkot, so then they're going to be Yaita their Chiv. Now the Gemara just asks on the last part of the story, Lamali Lemeir why is it that when in relating the story we had to say that Rabbi Kiva gave it back to Ramagamliel? What do we learn from there? The Gemara answers, We learn a side point, that If someone gives a present on condition that you have to give it back to him, it's still considered a valid matana, it's a halachic matana, and it's considered the receivers as long as he gives it back. This is exactly what Rava said. If a person tells his friend, take this esrog as long as you give it back to me. He took it and he was yaitzah with it, that means he shook this esrog, he gave it back to his friend, then he's going to be yaitzah if he didn't give it back. He's not Yetzi Yitzchiv. That's because his receiving of the gift was only on condition that he gives it back to his friend. So as long as he gives it back to his friend, that gift was considered a 100% gift. It was a valid gift as long as he had it and therefore he was Yetzi Yitzchiv. Now the Gemara continues asking on the story, Why is it that we had to say the Ramagamliel bought it for a thousand Zos? What do we gain from knowing that? The Gemara answers, To teach us that 
teach us how cherished mitzvahs were to them, how beloved a mitzvah was to them that he was willing to spend even a thousand zuz on a lulav. And Amalei Marbar Meimer Laravashi, he says, My father, he actually used to daven Shemayin Esrei while holding his lulav because it was so dear to him. Now the Gemara asks Meisvei, we have a question from Rabbi How is he able to do that? A person should not hold his tefillin in his hand or sefer in his chest, meaning be holding a sefer Torah and daven Shemayin Esrei. That's because he's not going to have proper concentration. He's going to be afraid that he's going to drop his tefillin and his sefer Torah, and therefore he should not hold it while he's daven Shemayin Esrei, so he could have proper concentration. And he also shouldn't urinate while holding them. He's not allowed to sleep a long sleep or even a short nap while doing so. And Amr Shmuel, Shmuel adds on and says, Sakin, holding a knife, uka'ara, a plate full of food, kikar, a loaf of bread, umais, and money, these are all the same thing. He's afraid he's going to end up dropping the knife on his foot. He's going to drop the plate of food or the money or the loaf of bread and it's going to get ruined or he's going to lose his money. And therefore, he's not going to be able to have proper concentration while Dominic Shemayin Esrei. So therefore, he's not allowed to hold them while Dominic Shemayin Esrei. So how is it that he was able to hold the Lulav while Dominic Shemayin Esrei? He's not going to have proper concentration. He's going to be afraid that he's going to drop it. The Gemara says, no, Hasam Lav Mitzvah Over there, there's no mitzvah to hold a safer Torah or Tefillin while you're davening and for sure not a loaf of bread or plate of food or a knife or money. And therefore, Vitard Behu, he's going to be completely tarred. He's going to be focused on holding this thing, which is not a mitzvah to hold, and therefore he's not going to be able to have proper concentration. But Hach over here, when we're holding a Lulav and Ezrug, Mitzvah Inu, it's a mitzvah to hold them, Vitard Behu, and the person's not going to be focused on holding them. He's not going to have to designate extra mental space to making sure he doesn't drop them. It's so beloved to him, it just becomes part and parcel of him, and he's going to be able to have full concentration while davening Shemayna Esrei. And Tanya you have a brisa, Rebbe he says, This was the custom of the people of Yishalayim. Adam Yatim Beisai, a person would leave his house with love of and he was holding his love. He would go to Shul and he was holding his love. He would say Kriyashma and while holding his love. If he was reading the Torah or Dochening, he was a Kayin, then he would put it on the ground. That's because you can't roll the Sefer Torah or lift up your hands to do Birchas Kayanim if you're holding a Lulav. But when a person went to go visit a sick person or to Menachem Avel, he was holding his Lulav. However, once he went to the Besam to go learn Torah, he would give his lulav to his son or to his evid or to his servant. And the reason why is because since he's involved in sugyas, he might lose concentration on holding his lulav and he might drop them. Now the Gemara just asked, my Kamash Malan, what exactly do we learn from this statement of Rebbe Lazar Rebbe He just taught us this. To teach us how czars they were with mitzvahs and how beloved mitzvahs were to them. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.